Can you guys hear me? Sorry, hold on. 32 super fans. I, I couldn't understand a word that was said. Every angle of the NFL covered. You fired up for that, man? Huh? This. We on go time. We, we still on go. Hold on, hold on. The name of the hurricane is Hurricane. This is Next Fan Up. We're live, bro. Hello and welcome to a chaotic week 18 of Next Fan Up. I am James, your Eagles super fan here, joined here by one returning face and a fresh face, uh, Neil, our Washington fan. Welcome, sir. How are you? Week 18. Hey, James. James, great to, great to be back on. Uh, uh, great to speak with you and we've had a great chat beforehand. I just hope we're going to be covering the uh, the Hub Arkash story uh, with Aaron Rodgers this week. Uh, Hub's had a great, uh, great week. Probably the second most popular hub on the internet. <laughs> First of all, Neil, the man's name is Karen Rogers. We've officially changed it here on the podcast. <laughs> also joining us today, Jordan, our Titans fan. Jordan, sir, you, you must be sitting pretty right now. Um, how, how are you going into this new year? Oh, you know, I'm just doing fantastic. You know, number one seed in the AFC right now. Who would have thought? Um, first time on the podcast this year. Very excited. So, yeah, I'm excited to to talk football. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get started here. Uh, first, some house cleaning issues. Folks out there in the listening audience, if you want to reach out or contact us, you can hit us up at nextfanup at gmail.com or on Facebook or Twitter at nextfanup. Uh, let's get started with some news and notes here, fellas. And I really think the biggest news this week has to deal with the draft. And Neil, you're one of our draft Knicks. So there's two things that are circling around the draft. One, um, team representatives who interview potential draftees now have to be on, I use air quotes here, their best behavior with their questioning. Because anything that's deemed foul or irregular or out of the norm will result in the loss of draft picks no less than a fourth, but can extend all the way up to a first-round draft pick being forfeited. Your, your thoughts, Neil? Uh, well, certainly the punishments uh, appear steep. Uh, and and for, for some context here, I think over the years, every well, every year there appears to be a story that comes out, doesn't there, about uh, uh, inappropriate questions about uh, the mothers or sisters or fathers of, of, of various players and sort of personal issues around their growing up in their families. Uh, you know, to give an example from the podcast, it would be like if I came on here and made an inappropriate joke about Kevin's mum. So it's, it's, it's that sort of, uh, it's that sort of thing. And, and, and that's fair enough. I think, uh, I think sometimes in these pre-draft uh, interviews and so I think maybe sometimes teams have forgotten that it's just football. You know, uh, and 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 there's bigger things in, in in life, and and you can't you can't go speaking to people inappropriately uh, and make judgments on their on the on their social standing or or, their, or the way they've grown up or been parented over the over the course of their life. So uh, a really good move, and uh, let's hope we don't have any of those stories coming out. I'm trying. Jeff Ireland seems to be coming to mind. Wasn't he one of the ones who did something in terms of 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 accusing some player's mother of being a prostitute or something i, I mean, believe it was des, des bryant yeah 
Yeah, that's just you. You can't be having that, can you? Um, I mean, he was coming out. He was asked, yeah. I, and I can't remember if it was Ireland or not. But yeah, it was, he was definitely asked um, if his mother was a prostitute and how he felt about it and everything. It was like, what, what does this have to do with? Yeah, makes sense. You know, and, and, and to that point, and Jordan, I'm gonna get to you in a minute. But to that point, the, these guys, these scouts, or whoever you know interviews the potential draftees, they always call themselves trying to see if they can rattle the draftees there are different ways to rattle someone to try to see if you can get a rise out of them mm-hmm. then like you said neil digging into sensitive personal background information that mm-hmm. really has nothing to do with football who cares what their upbringing is or who raised them or what environment to come from then i mean you're in the business of the nfl and lately all you seem to care about is can they play the sport and how much money yeah. they can generate for you there's, i mean outside been- of that nothing else should really matter right yeah, James, before you bring Jordan in, there's one thing I'll just add to that, and that is uh, if you look at the first round of the NFL draft, which a lot of fans just look at the first round or so, uh, you're talking about a 50% success rate. So yeah. if, that's your, if that's your rate, then it's it's also quite right to try and make changes and do things differently because clearly your, uh, your 50% uh, hit rate is not great. Not at all. Uh, Jordan, your thoughts on all this? I mean, I feel like it should just be treated like a regular job interview, like for any job, you know, there's questions you're not allowed to ask to applicants. I don't see why the NFL should be any different. Um, I I would be curious to know, like, how this who's going to actually report. Like, I feel like this is still going to happen and it's just going to be whether people are really going to want to report this or not. But they should definitely have it. They should just have the same rules that like every job has that Mm -hmm. you can't ask certain questions. Absolutely. Sensible and, and, and look, the the potential draft picks, especially everyone predicted to go in at least the first round, if not the top of the second, they get asked questions all the time, especially during the combine. Um, when they come out of meetings, hey, how was the process? What did you think? Did anything weird happen? E- even when they're going from hotel to facilities during the entire process um, of the combine. So, yeah, someone could get lucky, ask them a question. And depending on what type of weirdness they were asked, they could come right out and say it. Now, granted, they don't always name names as far as who asked them that question. Sometimes the teams out themselves call themselves trying to clean up what it is they actually asked because it wasn't as bad as the player made it out to be. No, it really was as bad as the player made it out to be because you're trying to clean it up now. Hmm. So silence sometimes is the better part of valor. Um, the other issue coming out of the draft process, or I shouldn't say issue, but the other news piece coming out, of the draft process involves possibly doing away with the Wonderlick test. <laughs> Jordan, I'm gonna start with you. Um, I mean, how much use have we really gotten out of the Wonderlick test, or are they just gonna replace that with a different oh, like test? I don't know. Damn but it, I Jordan! Why'd like you have to put that out there? <laughs> I mean, I feel like that they, they could come up with like more of a football specific, like. Just ask people about like the X's and O's of football. Like I don't know why, mm-hmm. I don't know how much it matters. Like how much we're really getting out of it or the wonder. Like it's really just that they're just reporting bad scores to make people look mm-hmm. bad. But mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Neil. Yeah, no, I think Jordan's absolutely right there. Uh, what, 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 you know, when you know what it's like, guys. We all have jobs, and whenever you, <laughs> I have a job where uh, part of it is 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 about uh, is about investigating and and, and negotiating and. And collecting data, and, and one of the one of the things you always have to ask yourself is before you start uh, with your smart ideas of collecting data, it's like, okay, what the hell are we going to do with this data? 
and that's the first question you ask and and uh, and this is this applies to the Wonderlic thing. It's probably been going since what the I'm going to say 1970s. This this test time for yeah. a, time for an overhaul of that. And I think Jordan uh, nailed it there when he said, you know, surely some of these football, these amazing football brains there can actually put together some sort of X's and O's football uh, football test that would be far probably far better for everybody all around. Absolutely. And look, for those who don't know, the, the Wonderlic test literally has nothing to do with football whatsoever. The questions on them, because what is something like 25 to 32 questions, depending on mm -hmm. the year. And they're supposed to be problem solving type situations. And now it's nothing as complex as a train leaving L.A. at 8 a.m. in the morning heads east while a train leaving New York at 10 p.m. in the, 10 a.m. in the morning heads west. We're in the middle of the state. No, it's not that complicated, but it is silly things like, you know, I guess if Billy had five apples and Sally had six apples and they each ate two, who has the most left? It, like, it's silly things like that. And, and they give well, like a I can give you an example, James. Uh, yeah. If, you know, it's like it's one of those if Sally had seven apples and Dave had four apples and Sally and Dave stole the seven apples and ate all 11. How many hours would Dave spend on the toilet? <laughs> I can also say that uh, we did a, an unofficial. I can, I can, I can, in fact, reveal the the unofficial Wonderlick uh, rankings here in, in this podcast. I think when we did it, uh, uh, Kevin and I were were, were were number one and number two, oh, and uh, Monty unfortunately failed to finish the test, so he was <laughs> at the bottom. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Let's move on to our last bit of news. Um, and in case you haven't been paying attention to the Buccaneers this week, a subject that I really didn't want to cover, but it is news-based and it is making the rounds. Antonio Brown has officially been released by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to earlier today um, as of the report recording of this podcast. Um, if you don't know what happened, basically there's a lot of conflicting reports as far as what Bruce Arian says to what Antonio Brown is saying happened. The short version of it is that it revolves around his injured ankle as far as whether he could play or not. He reacted in a way that, you know, to show that he wasn't pleased with the coaches, coaching staff's decision. The coaching staff says that, you know, they say differently as far as what they told him. You saw the video of him throwing off his jersey, shirt, gloves into the stands, jump, jumping up and down, walking off the field. Um, there have been many think pieces done as far as who's right and who's wrong and Antonio Brown's mental state. We're not going to get into all those things. Look, um, I will say this, though. Whatever help Antonio Brown needs, I hope he gets it. And um, I think that this looks bad on both sides because this is not something as far as players being injured on the sideline and coaches telling them to go back in, that's not unheard of. It's been going on since the advent of football. It will continue to go on now. Again, we spoke about earlier, the bottom line is green, and, you know, throwing bodies out there for whatever reason have you. So um, that's my last thought on it. Do you guys have anything to add that you want to say? I would just ask you, is he a Hall of Famer still? I think so. Yeah, I, I think he has the numbers to warrant consideration. I don't think he's a first ballot, though. Hmm. I think just by like just by his 
on the field performance, yes, he would be. I mean, if voters are going to hold his personality, his antics against him, I guess they will. That, but I mean, he he's like aside from Jerry Rice, he's like up there with just about any other receiver. His stats were so good when he was in his prime in Pittsburgh that mm-hmm. I don't know how he could not be in. Yeah, and and, and yeah, to your point, Jordan, they they will hold his antics and his personality against them. Look at how long it took Owens to get in. Mm-hmm. Although I, I've got to say, I'd, I'd give him extra points for uh, sneaking that model into his room. That was just oh brilliant. god, well done. <laughs> good for him. Moving on to the schedule of games. <laughs> Before we get off track, here, honestly, honestly, you, you Americans, you're you're so outraged by such things, yeah. Uh, I'm not. Yet, well, a lot of Americans, it's like, oh my god, how can he possibly do this? Yeah, he's a young man who probably, you know, Look, needs that sort of thing. Good for him. I, I I I wish I was 29 to 32 with millions of dollars in the bank. Hmm. Indeed. Yeah. To, to to say I would be living an upstanding lifestyle, um, yes, on the public view, <laughs> but millions of dollars allows you to do things outside of the yeah. public eye. So, I mean, that. the levels of depravity you've told us about, and you're not a millionaire. Imagine Whoa. what you'd be like if you were. Hey, hey, hey! That was private conversation. You're not allowed to, ex- <laughs> to expose that to the public. Uh, I, I still feel sorry for those sheep. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> There are a full slate of 16 games this weekend, mm. two on Saturday, and of the total 16 games, only three are meaningless, meaning that only three games have zero impact on who's in or out of the playoffs or seeding. And there are over 100 possible combinations of how the seedings will work out with the teams already in. So let's get started. With now, Before you start, James, as a Washington fan, could one of you two guys just... Explain to me what this playoff thing is about. <laughs> Start off Saturday at 4.30 p.m. on ABC and ESPN. The Kansas City Chiefs travel to the Denver Broncos. The Chiefs fall from one to four in our power rankings. The Denver Broncos move up from 20 to 18. Uh, the Chiefs are 10-point favorites. We're all taking the Chiefs here. Uh, Nick, our smug Chiefs fan, did send in when these two teams met last month, the Chiefs won 22 to 9, and the national commentary was broadly, what's wrong with the Chiefs? That should have been more of a massacre. The only big change now is the Chiefs will be facing Drew Locke, and the Broncos will be without cornerbacks Ronald Darby and Patrick Sertain. So it should be more of a massacre. Playing on Saturday, the Chiefs won't know whether or not Houston will deliver a Sunday miracle to give them back to one seed by defeating the Titans. So all they need to do is focus on getting the win. Even so, I'd expect them to give some players a rest in the second half. Both Denver and Kansas City have won a Super Bowl since the last time Denver beat the Chiefs. So don't go into this one expecting a lot of suspense. But it should still be an interesting watch for the Saturday cocktail hour as Mahomes tends to bring out the weird stuff in Denver. A week 17 game at Mile High provided our first glimpse of Mahomes outside of preseason, and he logged his first no-look pass during it. In his second trip, he threw his first left-handed pass. Oh, Andy Reid also God. likes to mess with the Denver fans, too, for some reason, as he has called plays that led to Don Terry Poe both throwing and catching touchdowns on separate occasions. <laughs> Prediction, Chiefs smacked the Denver long faces 29-10. to 10. Uh, Niels... <laughs> You have anything to add here? Oh no! Please let's just move on. I, <laughs> enough, enough of Nick already. Jesus. 
<laughs> Jordan, anything to add as um you'll know whether your team has to play all out or not after the outcome of this game. Yeah, I would just say I think the Chiefs actually kind of got screwed over by the schedule makers here because they kind of have to play to win. Whereas you compare and, that to like the Bengals, and like if the Chiefs win on Saturday, the Bengals are just gonna rest everyone for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But the Chiefs kind of have no choice but to play to win now instead of resting. So if I was a Chiefs fan, I would not be that happy that the game was on Saturday. But well, yeah, they, they should win pretty easily. They, and you're right; they should win pretty easily. Um, I've been I've jumped off the Denver uh, bandwagon ever since Teddy Two Gloves went down. But yes, the Chiefs should win this game easily. Uh, they also should have, I won't say easily, but they should have won against Cincinnati on Sunday. But this is why you play the games. And look, I think this was a good idea. You had to pull one game to Saturday. You know that actually forced you know somebody to play otherwise they'll be scoreboard watching in the one or four o'clock window where they are depending on where they would have placed them to see when they were going to pull folks and maybe even you know say Cincinnati started losing and you know they basically only focus on the Titans really so they can finish no worse than second in the AFC I, I think and I get what you're saying to some extent they probably did get screwed but to a greater extent they don't have to focus on scoreboard watching. They know if they win this game, they're, they're no worse than second seed in the AFC. And then, yes, on Sunday, they're praying the Texans pull a miracle out of their rear ends. I guess uh, the, over- the overriding question is, hands up if you care if the Chiefs got screwed over. <laughs> <laughs> the Chiefs injury report has Clyde edwards Hilaire and Lucas Niang both listed as out, shoulder and kneecap respectively. Um... Kalen Saunders, D-tackle, was designated to return from injured reserve. Chris Lamons, the corner, also designated to return from injured reserve. And Mike Remmers is making progress, uh, feeling better, according to Coach Andy Reid. So he may be back soon as well. For the Broncos, again, Sertain and Darby are out. Shelby Harris and Nate Hairston are questionable. Shelby Harris has an illness that's not COVID-related. Uh, but... Punter Sam Martin is in the COVID protocol, if anyone cares about that. Teddy Bridgewater was put on IR earlier this week with his concussion, so his season officially over with. The next uh, Saturday game, 8.15 p.m., again on ABC and ESPN, has the Dallas Cowboys, who fall from 4 to 9, traveling to the Philadelphia Eagles, who move up one spot from 15 to 14. And, uh, yeah, our shadowy background figure, the power rankings in Jordan, picking Dallas. Neil, you're siding with me to take the Eagles, uh, but before we get to you, you know it's always entertaining when Kevin sends us stuff, right? So um, (laughs) he says here, don't care about this game at all. Hopefully Dallas rests their starters, but it looks like McCarthy, um, the buffoon, he is, wants to play to win. No Michael Parsons this week because of COVID. I'm not even sure the Eagles will be playing their starters because they have little to play for as well. For the life of me, I don't know why this game was flexed to prime time on Saturday night. Hopefully Dak can get back on track. Even if he doesn't, it won't give me any confidence for the playoffs. Eagle fans on Twitter suck, by the way. I'm not predicting the score because I don't care about this game. Cheers to a useless week 18. Um, <laughs> Neil, go ahead before I get you know into anything here. <laughs> Uh, I think it's it's been flexed to that time because it's a, a Cowboys and Eagles. That'll be a big uh, a big ratings win, even though there's not much on the game. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, my my concern, I guess, here and with some of the games, and, and I'm sure Jordan probably feels the same. 
we're not quite sure in some of these games who's actually going to be playing in them uh, in terms of resting guys for the playoffs. I don't think Dallas can really improve their position, can they? So, yes, so that's, they can. They can. Um, if they win, the best they can do is finish second. The worst yeah. they can do is fourth. Yeah, so it's not not a huge difference for no. them, really. Uh, and, and we know that, I think, uh, am I right in saying that uh, uh, Parsons and uh, Tyrone Smith are both on the COVID, COVID uh, list now and they probably won't play then? It won't be enough time, will it, for them to get to get back? Yeah, so. be- because of when they were listed, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, they tested positive yeah. and- uh, Wednesday or Thursday. And if I'm really honest, if I was, I'm, I can kind of agree with Kevin. If I was McCarthy, I would actually be saying, "Well, look, uh, we know Philadelphia; it's an NFC East battle. You know, these things are always oh, in division games, uh, always tough." I'd probably be thinking I'd be resting players as well. They've lost Gallup last week to a long-term injury. Oh, yeah. They don't need any more wide receiver injuries. I would just, you know, what these games are like, James. You know, in the in, in the I mean, when you're playing a division rival, you know there's there's always one or two hits that are maybe just slightly outside uh, outside the, the line of of okay. So uh, I would I would be resting key players for sure. Yeah, and I think that's a consensus on both sides because I mean, honestly, the Eagles will either finish six or seven. It doesn't really matter. Um, they're guaranteed uh, in most scenarios to play the two seed, which mm. unless something funky happens, will most likely be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, Dallas doesn't own any tiebreakers over anyone ahead of them except for the Rams. So, I mean, if they win and the Rams still somehow win the West, which I don't expect to happen, they could be the, that's the only way they get the three seed. Uh, Arizona, if, if Arizona wins the division, then they automatically jump above Dallas to the three from the five. So they might as well stay at four, play whoever loses the AFC, the NFC West, and just call it a day. I I, I get all that because um, again, this game only matters for seeding. Like I said, Dallas can be two, three, or four. Philadelphia can be six or seven. As of right now, they're four and seven respectively. So they won't play each other in the first round. So it's not like there's any chance to, hey, we we don't want to see these this team in the first game of Wild Card Weekend. So I, I get all that. Um, I'm gonna forego the actual injury report and just confirm here the COVID report because yes. Tyron Smith, Michael Parsons, Anthony Brown, Josh Ball are all on the COVID list. And as mentioned earlier, Michael Gallup was placed on injury reserve um, with his uh, knee injury, torn ACL. For the Philadelphia Eagles, the COVID report has Jason Kelsey, Nate Herbig, Marcus Epps, Rodney McLeod, Avanti uh, Maddox, Fletcher Cox, Jannard Avery, Alex Singleton, Jack Stoll, Dallas Goddard, Boston Scott, and Jordan Howard. Um, in case you're keeping track of those 12 players, I believe nine are starters and three are key contributors. So, yeah, don't expect to see Miles Sanders in this game. Again, it doesn't really matter much. Landon Dickerson and Lane Johnson are also listed as questionable. Uh, I'm not even going to give a score in this game. Honestly, I don't think the game matters that much. Like Neil said, this was flexing the prime time because it's a ratings. Dallas and Philly always draw something. I also don't expect to see Jalen Hurts in this game, so Gardner Minshew will most likely get a second start of the season. And this will pretty much be a tune-up for wherever we go, most likely Tampa Bay, to try to test some things out to see if they work or not. Uh, Jordan, anything to add? 
not really. I don't think I think health matters more than seating. So I think both teams are not gonna try that much. So all right, probably a boring game. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, Protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Sunday, Starting off at 1 p.m., we have the Cincinnati Bengals visiting the Cleveland Browns. The Bengals move up from 11 to 8 after winning the NFC North. The Cleveland Browns fall from 19 to 21. Uh, somehow the Browns are six-point favorites? Is This can't be right. I mean, well, again, we don't know who's playing. The Bengals, crazy enough as it is, depending on how much – if you believe in miracles – and I mean literal miracles like, I don't know, Cupid riding a unicorn over a rainbow carrying a pot of gold to deliver to you while you're sleeping at night. That type of miracle. The Bengals can still finish as the number one seed in the AFC. Mm. Oh, gosh. Sorry, Jordan. I, I, I had to laugh while saying that. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So the Bengals won the North. Uh, the Browns have nothing to play for. And uh, in, in case you guys didn't see what I posted in the chat er earlier today, um, Baker Mayfield has only thrown one more touchdown this season than Jameis Winston. Uh, Baker's played 14 games of a possible 16 thus far. He won't play this week because he's out. Um, the two games he missed, one was due to injury, one was due to COVID. Jameis Winston, on the other hand, has only played seven games. Do you think? Uh, I mean, Jordan, you're the you're you're speaking for the entire AFC on this podcast, so we had no pressure. But uh, where do you think uh, where do you think Baker Mayfield will be uh, this time next or at the start of the next season? Um, I mean, I feel like the Browns should try to get someone else if they can. I feel like he has not moved forward. Like they, I feel like he's moved backward. If anything, so. I have no. I don't know how much he has left of his contract, if anything. But if I was a Browns fan, I'd be ready to move on. Um, so they they picked up his fifth year option, didn't they? Which will be what next season? Next year. Okay, he probably gets one more year with them then. Because this mm. this is year four for them. Yeah. For that class, this is their fourth yeah. year. James, did you just say that that uh, the Browns were six point favorites in this game? Uh, yeah. All right. Because the backup, yeah, I think that I don't think Joe Burrow's going to play. So no, he's well, not playing. He's, yeah, Burrow's out. Yeah, and if you think the Chiefs win on Saturday, then the Bengals are probably just going to arrest everybody because they, they mm -hmm. won't be able to move up if the Chiefs win. No, the best the Chiefs yeah. if the Chiefs win on Saturday, the best the Bengals could do is three. The worst they can do is four. Mm -hmm. So no reason for them to play their starters. And yes, Joe Burrow is 
resting his knee. He was a limited participant in practice. We don't expect him to play anybody whatsoever. Now, the downside is um, because the Bills, who we'll get to shortly, they have to win to win their division. They win, the Bengals lose. That puts Cincinnati in the fourth spot. Does anybody know who their first-round opponent would be if they're in the fourth spot? Be the Patriots right now. Yeah. Who will be playing the same time as the Bills, hoping the Bills lose so they can win a division. Again, we'll get to that later. What do we think about Cincinnati's first-round chances as far as winning that game? They'll crush the Patriots. I don't think the the Patriots can defend Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Boyd and Higgins. I mean, it's either they play the Patriots or the Colts, probably. So, I mean, I don't know how much they care about necessarily playing one or the other. So I got a nice little tidbit about the Colts for later that I'm saving. Can't wait. (laughs) The injury slash COVID report, uh, Joe Mixon, Quentin Spain, Trey Hopkins, Akeem Davis Gaither, Trey Hendrickson, and Vaughn Bell all mm. find themselves on the COVID list along with Larry o- Ogunjobi uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. And we already talked about Joe Burrow uh, for the Cleveland Browns. Malik Jackson is on the COVID list. And so is Dexter Williams. Mm. That's about it. Uh, other injuries, David Njoku, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb all show up as questionable. Baker Mayfield, of course, is not going to play. I, I, honestly, guys, it, it, here's something scary. I don't know who Cleveland's backup is. <laughs> is it Case Keenum? You're right. It is Case Keenum. He's just as good as Baker Mayfield. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I think that's insulting to Case Keenum because Case Keenum played in the NFC Championship game. That's true. Mm-hmm. So let, let, let's let's not go that far there. Uh, let's see. Yes, it is Case Keenum listed as a starter. All right. Next game here, the Chicago Bears versus the Minnesota Vikings. One of those three games that means, abs- excuse me, uh, Green Bay Packers versus the Detroit Lions. One of those three games that means absolutely nothing. Green Bay moves from two to one in our power rankings. The Lions fall from 30 to 31. And you all are taking the Packers here. Um are, 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 are we sure about this? The Packers? They've got uh, the yeah. number one seed in the <laughs> NFC locked up. They have literally nothing to play for. I well, wonder. Matt LaFleur said, he said that they have like data that like it's better not to rest your starters in the last week if you have a bye. So he, he claims they're not going to rest people. I, I bet their starters will play for like a quarter or a half, and that might be enough to beat the Lions, but who really mm-hmm. knows? Uh, Goff won't be playing, will he? It'll still be it'll still be Boyle playing at quarterback. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I I just think uh, Jordan's right. I think they'll 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 probably play the starters, get two or three touchdowns on the board, and then just see the game out, uh, run the ball, uh, uh, and and wind down the clock. It's very difficult to see the the Lions really doing much here. Uh, I mean, you've got to be impressed, I guess, with Lions overall. There's certainly something. Something good happening there for the first time in a long time, but nah, let's move on, James. Packers will be fine. <laughs> uh, briefly, the COVID report here for Detroit, Penny Sewell, Taylor Decker, Austin Bryant, all on the COVID list, along with Joel Heath and Hunter Bryant. Jared Goff officially is listed as questionable with his knee injury. He was limited in practice. For the Green Bay Packers, 
Aaron Jones nursing a knee injury. Karen Rogers' toe is a thing that we've also mentioned. Uh, Josh Myers, the center, has been designated to return from injured reserve along with guard Elton Jenkins. Oh, yeah. David Bakhtiari yeah. was limited in practice with his knee injury, so if he gets some game time run, that will be good for them as well. Billy Turner, Chauncey Rivers, Jair Alexander, uh, Ty Sumner's um, still on the COVID list. The next game on the schedule means can I just, absolute. Go ahead, James. Can I, can I ask you guys uh, now that well, obviously with Aaron Rodgers not being eligible, Karen Rodgers. Yeah, who's going to win the MVVP, the Most Valuable Vaccinated Player Award? This year? <laughs> Definitely not him. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows, man? I've got nothing on that one. Uh, the Chicago Bears at the Minnesota Vikings. The uh, Bears hold at 25 in the power rankings. The Vikings fall from 21 to 22. The Vikings are four-and-a-half-point favorites of uh, – you guys are all going with the Vikings. I'm taking the Bears because, I mean. Wait, Kirk's see? back. And that's why I'm taking the Bears. <laughs> wow. Oh, gosh. Really? That, that's your answer, Neil? Kirk, Kirk's back? Mm-hmm. He's, uh, Kirk, he's, ta- Kirk he's taking off the perspective of being goes. in the playoffs. This game mm-hmm. could have meant something. Well, we know you hate Kirk Cousins, but uh, I, I mean I that goes without saying. But still, had, had had he not been on the COVID list, he could have played last week. It would have given them some chance of winning. They won the last time they played Minnesota. I mean, uh, Minnesota played Green Bay uh, about a month ago. Um, not to say lightning strikes twice, but I believe the game would have been better than the debacle we got last Sunday night because that was basically a clinic. I, I stayed up to watch that game last week. It was I'm sorry. Uh, and I was and I was up till about four in the morning. It was horrendous. <laughs> and, uh, I kept I kept sitting there thinking to myself, right, I'll give them one more drive. One more drive. <laughs> go, I'm going to bed if nothing happens. And and they kept showing me a little bit of a sign of the, oh nearly and then nothing. And then uh I ended up going to bed at four o'clock and it was it was terrible. I just kind of feel that they'll they'll want to uh, leave their fans in Minnesota with, with something positive at the end of the season and uh, uh, I, I think they'll have enough to beat to beat the Bears uh, if they can keep Quinn out of the backfield. They did leave them with something positive. Kurt's COVID test results. <laughs> I don't know. Another big off-season question, if he's still going to be there. Cousins? Yeah, I mean, and he, did, he, he did sign a two-year extension. Hmm. And I think yep. this is only the first year of it. More importantly, more importantly, Google Mike Zimmer's girlfriend. No, thank you. <laughs> We're not going down that route. He is he is winning at life, I tell you. Oh, my gosh. The injury report slash COVID report for the Bears. Uh, Jakeem Grant was placed on injury reserve. Justin Fields is out. He's on the COVID list. Mm. Uh, Akeem Hicks was unavailable for practice on Wednesday with his ankle. He is listed as questionable for the Vikings. Kirk Cousins should be back. Uh, but Eric Kendricks, Christian Derrishaw, Ezra Cleveland, and Cameron Bynum, along with Tashawn Bauer, are all on the COVID list. With Michael Pierce, Cameron Dantzler are listed as questionable, along with Mackenzie Alexander and Chris Boyd. They're starting corners. Uh, Harrison Hand uh, was also placed on the COVID list as well. 
And finally, our third game that has absolutely no implications whatsoever other than draft positioning. The Washington football team visits the New York Giants. The football team falls from 24 to 26. The Giants hold at 27. The football team are seven-point favorites. And, Neil, before I get to you, since you've locked in your squad, Crazy Jared, our Giants fan, says Washington visits the Giants for the last game with their dumb team name, hopefully. Giants need to lose this game to keep the top five pick for, for Neil alive. So the Giants probably win this somehow, even though they shouldn't. Washington is somehow healthier than the Giants, even though they are the second most injured team in the NFL. Fromm will start, and the Giants' only QB is on the practice squad, and I don't believe he has ever been on an active roster. So that's great. Washington 23, Giants 7. <laughs> Neil. Well, first of all, where's he getting the seven points from for the Giants? <laughs> <laughs> They've scored what one one touchdown in the last thirty five drives or something? Is that that stat I saw today? Uh, oh so man! I, I mean, I just I mean for my own sanity, I, I couldn't bear it if we lost to the Giants because they are probably the worst team in the NFL right now. And uh, yeah, and of course the big news out of Washington was that on the well, I'm sure you guys have already booked a day off for it, but uh, the second of February, uh, the new name will be announced. So. Uh, another opportunity to make a completely catastrophic decision uh, looms large for Washington. I mean, aren't they all catastrophic decisions? Oh, absolutely, yeah. We are, we, we are nothing if not consistent there, James. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it would be nice if you all fixed that thing that you call a stadium, considering it's literally falling apart. You almost killed my quarterback. Mm, I know that's... And again, again, that was a bit of an epic fail because... Uh, uh, <laughs> Uh, clearly, we, we can't even do that properly. I mean, oh, my gosh. Oh, Jordan, anything to add here before I get to the uh, injury report? I mean, the Giants aren't even starting a real quarterback. They're starting Jake from State Farm, who's an insurance salesman. So this is not a real game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, let's see here. We have for the Giants, Matt Pete, Ellerson Smith, uh, Corey Cunningham, Danny Shelton, Dexter Lawrence are have been they're either mm. on the COVID list or have been activated from the COVID list. But those are the names that show up mm. right now. Saquon Barkley, D Darius Slayton, Kyle Rudolph, uh, Lorenzo Carter, Kadarius Tony, all questionable, along with John Ross for Washington. Oh, thank goodness. It's not a lot. Uh, William Jackson, Shazer Everett. Jackson is on the COVID list. Everett's on the COVID list. Um along with his off-the-field problems. Ricky yeah. Seals-Jones, Antonio Gibson, Curtis Samuel, and Samus Reyes, all questionable for the game on Sunday as well. I mean, I'm James, the, the, Go ahead. The, 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 the great thing is, for me, it's, thank God it's the last game of the season. It's just, <laughs> I mean, it's just, you guys are going to the playoffs. You're all very happy. Oh, it's just God. been another miserable season. Yeah. Of, hey, hey, of, hey, hey, Neil. Hmm. Hey, Neil, this is how I felt last year. I just have a feel almost every year, James. To be fair, you all won a division last year. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes. What was our what was our record? Something like seven, seven and nine. nine or something. Good. <laughs> That's right. Storm to victory as usual. Yeah. Oh, thank God man. it's over. All right, for a one o'clock game that actually means something here, the Indianapolis Colts hmm. travel to the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Colts fall from eight to eleven. Jaguars holding steady at thirty-two. 
And I see I am the lone idiot here who's taking the Jaguars, even though they are 15 and a half point underdogs. <laughs> My tidbit for this is that um, keep in mind that the Colts have not won a single game in Jacksonville since 2014. And the Colts need to win this game to get in the playoffs. That's their simplest path. Win and they're in. But again, they haven't won in Jacksonville where this game is being played in six years. Mm. This is this is Jordan's uh, area of expertise. So let's defer <laughs> yeah, to mean, Jordan here. Jordan, this is your division. First cracks yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, well, that stat is just inexplicable, first of all. But I guess you're hoping that the Jaguars fans who are going to be wearing clown masks to the game to <laughs> talk about how bad their ownership is is going to motivate their team. Um, I mean, wouldn't it just be beautiful if the Colts could lose to the Jaguars <laughs> to not make the playoffs? So I, I really I hope it. you're right, James. I, don't I mean, think I have a personal stake in this because that means Carson Wentz misses out on the playoffs again. <laughs> oh, that's true. I mean, I, I do think the Colts are – the most overrated team in the NFL right now because they're everybody's darling and they're, they just lost the Raiders. They're not that good, but the Jags are just a whole level of bad that I don't even think the Colts are that low. So Jordan, can I, can I ask you a question, Jordan? Yes. Do you think, I mean, knowing the Colts better than, than certainly than James and I know them, do you think if a team just stacked the box against Taylor, that that would really be the end of them? I mean, they, that's what they should do. All that's left is Michael Pittman is the only threat. But, I mean, Wentz is going to make mistakes. I mean, all they're going to do is run the ball and play decent defense. So, if you could just put everyone in the box to stop Taylor, maybe Wentz will make bad decisions, which is something he does. Um, yeah, you might as well try to do that. I don't think Taylor's so un- – the problem is their line is really good. Mm-hmm. So, I don't think the Jaguars can stop their run, even if they sell out to stop it. But that should be their plan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jordan, to that point, they're probably not as great as everyone is hyping them up to be. I'll give you that. And Carson Wentz is going to make mistakes, but the mistakes he's making, look, let's put it this way. He's making, he's making a lot of the same mistakes, but the biggest mistake he's not making this season, shockingly enough, is throwing interceptions. Um, he did have an issue fumbling the ball, I think, in the, throughout the first month to maybe six weeks of the season where every time he was sacked, the ball popped loose. Um, so he's cleaned that up. He's not throwing as many interceptions because I don't even think he's thrown what I, th- I think he's only thrown like maybe six or seven interceptions total on the season. If that many and, and that may be a stretch because I know he's not up near 10, but he's still staring down the defense because he's stuck on his first or second read waiting for them to come open, which is what he did in Philadelphia. Uh, he's taking sacks unnecessarily when there's an escape route or an option to either check it down or throw the ball away. He's not doing either one of those things. So there's still some bad habits there that because he's Carson Wentz, he'll still make these same dumb mistakes. And, and I think those mistakes that he's still making hinder this team more than anything else. Now, granted, yes, like I said, he's turned down, he's cut down on the interceptions and lately the turnovers in general. Do we think that's more to do with Frank Reich or just them finally deciding to run the football? Because I don't know if any of you have watched the in-season version of Hard Knocks, but there's mm-hmm. a brilliant clip on the sideline in which their offensive lineman, who is it, Nelson, walks up to coach and is like, hey, can we start running the ball? Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I think the answer. I think the answer to your question is fairly simple, James. Uh, Jordan and I don't care about Carson Wentz. You do. That's it. <laughs> Look, my first round draft pick is already locked up. I, I, I'm just petty at this point, and I don't want him in the playoffs. <laughs> I'm with you there, James. I, I hope you're right. I think what's helping him is just that he has a great O-line and they run the ball all the time. So it makes mm-hmm. it, it's less of a chance for him to make mistakes, but he's still he's still not very good. And you couldn't pay me to watch more Indianapolis Colts on my TV. So I have uh, max. Oh man. All right. We'll move on here with the injury report. And uh Jack Doyle is questionable. Sendejo was out on the COVID list. Uh Xavier Rose, Paris Campbell. Uh, Xavier Rose has a hamstring injury. He's questionable. DeForest Buckner is questionable. Paris Campbell uh, designated to return from the IR. Uh, So there's that for Jacksonville, as if anybody really cares. They have Chapel Russell, Dylan Moss, and J.K. Scott on the COVID list, along with Dwayne Smoot. So take from that what you will. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Uh, the next game here, Pittsburgh Steelers at Baltimore Ravens. Uh, this game very critical because each of these teams needs to win and hope Jacksonville wins as well to have any chance at the playoffs. Uh, the Steelers fall from 18 to 19 in the power rankings. The Ravens fall from 13 to 15. And, you know, the Ravens, ever since Lamar Jackson went down, what, now five weeks ago, they have not been playing well. Um, they've been in games but not really able to pull them out. And I believe Don, our Ravens fan, has sent us something. Uh, It says here, the Ravens season got derailed early due to an absurd number of injuries to key players. Their 3% chance to make the playoffs is remarkable considering on how many players they've lost this season. This team has played hard until the end. Nothing would be sweeter than to beat the Steelers one more time and send Big Ben off to his retirement. I just don't see how the Ravens offense will be able to put up enough points to win. TJ Watt gets a sack record in this game. It has three total in the game. He's got Ravens 21, Steelers 28. Jordan, again, you're our AFC guy, so I'm going to start with you here. Yeah, I mean, the Ra- well, the Ravens have lost four of their last five games by a combined five points, which is really hard to do. They've lost all these one-point games where they go for two and they don't get it. But, I mean, their secondary is totally destroyed. Of course, they're playing against a quarterback who can't throw the ball because I think Ben had, he had, what, 120 yards last week on 43 attempts, which is also hard to do. So you have, like, a non-existent passing game against a non-existent pass defense in a game that barely matters. But I I think, eh, I guess the Steelers are, like, slightly healthier, which is why I picked them. But this could go either way. Neil. Yeah. I kind of agree with that. There's, there's something that tells me here that it's uh, Roethlisberger's final game against mm-hmm. probably his biggest rival in his career. And uh, the, the the Steelers will just find a way to, to win this game. Uh, poor old Ravens have been, especially in the secondary, have been devastated, uh, decimated by injury. And uh, uh, I, I'm not suggesting at all that Roethlisberger is going to go off and throw for 300 yards, but I think uh, the, the, the Steelers will just... Get this last win for uh, for Roethlisberger. Let him go off into the sunset. 
and finally end the Ravens' very, very poor season. I think uh, Jackson didn't practice again today, so uh, he's not playing, is he? Um, we don't know. He's still listed as questionable. And again, this is probably mm. most likely be a game time decision again, as it was for the last two weeks. And, and, and to your point, you know, Jordan, like you said, a lot of one point games they've lost, you know, mm -hmm. uh, this five game losing streak, they lost by one point to the Steelers, two points to the Browns, one point to the Packers. They got blown out by Cincinnati and one point to the Rams. So four out of these five L's, They've been hanging tough. It's just at the end of the game, they just can't make the play. And it sucks because Huntley's actually playing pretty good. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, they've got a solid backup that's keeping them in games along with whatever's left of their defense. But, yeah, they're on the wrong end of a lot of these one-point games. Yeah, I mean, they won a lot of the early in the season when they were eight and three. They won. They were winning all these, like, tight one-possession mm -hmm. games. And now it's kind of – the regression kicking in that now they're on the losing side of it. So, but yeah, Huntley has been better than most people would have expected. I think. Yep. The uh, COVID report here has uh, for the Baltimore's Pac Patrick Richard, Nick Boyle currently on the list. Uh, other names listed as questionable along with Lamar Jackson are Marquise Brown, uh, Patrick McCarry, Ben Cleveland, Odef Odefe Owe, Ben Powers and Anthony Everett. Uh, three out of four of those players are linemen, by the way. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, Kendrick Green, Deontay Johnson, and Joe Hayden are on the COVID list. Uh, Trey Turner, Dan Moore, Presley Harvin, and Buddy Johnson are listed as questionable. The uh, next game here on the docket has Jordan tennessee titans moving up from six to five in the power rankings 10 point favorites over the houston texans who hold steady at 28 tell us why you're going to win man well we have to win because we need to buy more than any other team to give derrick henry an extra week to to get healthy but i mean the texans yes we did lose to them early in the season it's embarrassing but we totally <laughs> were we should have won that game. I mean, we had like over 400 yards. They had like 150 yards, and we had like five turnovers that game. We had none of our players in that game. Uh, we should just go in there and destroy them, just like we did to the Dolphins this week. I mean, we we actually have all of our starters healthy besides Derek for the first time pretty much all season, So, and we know we need this game. Um, it's interesting we're only number five in the power ranking when we're a number one seed. It's a questionable map there. But, yeah, we, I mean, the Texans, look, they have a bad offensive line. We've got great pass rushers. I think we should be able to destroy that. I actually think Davis Mills has been surprisingly, like, decent this season. But we should be able to get to him. And then on offense, like, now that we have A.J. back, Julio's probably going to play. Um, you know, this game should not be close. Uh, we, we've got to get the one seed. And I think we're motivated and we're going to get it. Yeah, you, you guys definitely need it more than any other team vying for the one seed at the moment. Uh, and yeah, looking at the box score here, your last meeting, because you did mention you all lost to them earlier in the season. Um, Tannehill, not his best day at the office. One touchdown, four picks. And I believe this is one of the one of the few games that Tyrod Taylor played after his early injury. He was 14 of 24 for 107. Yeah, I mean, so, it was just... Texas was defense really put it to you. 
Yeah, that was the game that AJ got hurt, Marcus Johnson got hurt, and we were playing these practice We were playing Des Fitzpatrick out there who Tannehill had to call an audible, and then he had this, like a hot route, and he had to shout across the line. He goes, Des, you got that? These guys had no idea what they were doing that Tannehill was playing with, and it was like pouring <laughs> rain that game. I mean – yeah, that was a that was a, a very bad loss for us. But it was right after like the six game win streak we had against all the good teams. And we didn't show up against the Texans. But I mean, can we talk about how Mike Vrabel needs to be coach of the year? Because if we get the number one seed with all the injuries we've had this season, I mean, I don't know how. You know, everybody thought we were dead when Derrick Henry was out, and Vrabel has us getting the one seed. Just like incredible how what what he's done this year. I mean, especially considering after that Texans loss, you turn around and lay an egg to the Patriots 36-13. So that didn't bode well. Yeah, pretty much the sky was falling at that point, in addition with Derrick Henry being out. Yeah, that's when we were using our practice squad, and it, it turns out that they're not that good against starters. So <laughs> hard to win that many games with those players. Neil, anything to add? Uh, just, I mean, I said before you guys started, I, I have uh, – I have the Titans uh, as my Super Bowl pick from the AFC now. I think uh, everything seems to be playing in their direction, and uh, that'll be great. A lovely change that would be to have a a, a different team back in the in the Super Bowl again. Uh, and and secondly, I mean, I, I don't disagree with your Mike Vrabel uh, uh, comments there, Jordan, but I would also just look across the other side of the field and say, what a fantastic job David Cully has done with the with a an organization we thought that was in complete disarray before the season started with uh, obviously the quarterback problem they have there and also the fact that they pretty much traded everybody who, who seemed to have any talent on that roster over the last couple of years uh, and uh, gave away so many draft picks where they were just kind of... Did they have a pick in the top four rounds last year? I'm not sure they did. And the job he's done, I think, has been absolutely, uh, absolutely sensational. Absolutely sensational. And I hope he gets a second year because uh, I think he's done a, just an incredible job there with that team. Okay, it hasn't translated into what the are they four a, four wins they've had this year. Yeah, uh, but but that that's that I think that's worth like ten wins for any other coach because that's been a that has been a great job he's done. Yeah, um, because look, I don't think anybody expected him to win no four games this yeah. season. That that's probably like overachieving for them considering. Like you said, all the turmoil they went through with the Rasa turnover, who's there and who's not there. Um, and I think the only big name really left on the offense is who, because I don't even think they, uh, Johnson, the running back, is probably still active. Brandon Cooks probably the only one. Bra- yeah, Brandon Cooks is, is the only yep. one left. Yeah. Yep. So, so great, great job. Great job. The uh, injury report here for the Texans is Jordan Atkins. Uh, Backup quarterback Jeff Driscoll is on the COVID list. Uh, Chris Cooley and Chris Moore, their wide receivers, are listed as questionable. Kamal Grujay Hill is listed as questionable, as long as center Justin Britt. Uh, for the Titans, did you, did you say Chris Cooley? Chris Cooley, yeah. There's another one. I knew Chris Cooley. I think Chris Conley, right? Oh, Conley. Oh. Sorry, Conley. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Chris Cooley. Cooley is. Cooley was your former tight end in Washington. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Chris Conley is questionable with the knee injury. Oh, Apologies to Chris Conley. <laughs> the uh, Titans injury report has Tier Tart 
Danico Autry, Roger Sappho, Janoris Jenkins, Naquan Jones, uh, all listed as questionable. Derrick Henry, again, has been designated to return. So that 21-day window for when he should start playing has already started. Uh, Monty Rice, Caleb Fairley, and that looks like the only two here. Uh, Rice was placed on the COVID list and Fairley was activated from the COVID list. So They're both out for this season already, so it doesn't oh, really goody. matter if they're on COVID or not. The next game on the docket has the New Orleans Saints, who move up from 22 to 20 in the power rankings at the Atlanta Falcons, who fall from 23 to 21. The Saints need to win this game, and they need the 49ers to lose to make the playoffs. So step one, beating the Falcons in Atlanta. And MJ, our Falcons fan, uh, last week's loss to the Bills was disappointing uh, the Dirty Birds held up pretty well during the first quarter and did an okay job in the second half. They didn't completely collapse in the second half, but they didn't do a good enough job to get the win. We also lost Kyle Pitts to what we hope is a minor hamstring injury. We still don't have any details, but it took him out of the game. This week, we take on our division rival in the Saints for the final game of the season. Earlier this season, we beat them in New Orleans, but considering we have won just one game at home, I have no idea what to expect. This season, everyone except one has come on the road. Needless to say, a home win versus the Saints would be a good thing to see. The season has not been good. So for our last game of the season, a win at home and against a division rival would be a great way to welcome the end of the year. With no playoff chances for the Dirty Birds, I would not be the least bit surprised if we don't see Pitts on the field. No need to aggravate that hamstring in a game that means very little. I know he wants to play, but he does not need to. Kadri Allison and Frank Darby are also listed as questionable for this week. But again, why aggravate their injuries? Give them this time to heal. Put some of the other players out there on the field and see what you've got. If you will, think of this game as the fourth preseason game we didn't have. Much, just much, what? much what? later in what? the season. <laughs> that being said, New Orleans is 8-8 eight and eight and have been all over the place this season. And I don't expect the Dirty Birds to lay down and lose. In an interview, Coach Smith said he expects everyone to go out and play to do what it takes to win this game. You could tell from the tone of his voice that he was serious and was just not saying it for show. He expects each player to play with the heart, play with heart and get the win. So I'm going to go out on the limb and predict a win over our division rival, Dirty Birds 28, Saints 17. Neil? Yeah, I mean, uh, frankly, I couldn't care less about the game. Uh, I, I would I would ask you, uh, I think, two questions. Uh, one, do you think... Atlanta has found their head coach. And two, who's going to be the New Orleans Saints starting quarterback first game next season? Oh, um, I think Atlanta has found their head coach. They just probably need better personnel to fill out the rest of the roster. Um, I don't know how much longer Matt Ryan is going to stick around. And I think they probably want a truly viable option at running back other than Cordero Patterson. And for the Saints, I can't see why you don't give Jameis Winston another shot at starting. Look, in seven games this year, he had 14 touchdowns to only three interceptions. So I, I don't see why you don't just throw him back out there. Uh, there was great production uh, from him. So give him another shot. You've got, you already got the backups in place who are competent enough to fill in. And at least keep the team competitive. They're just going to have to lean on their defense more. 
Okay, but, right. So what does Jordan think? Before I tell you, that's a lot of rubbish. What was Jordan? <laughs> Being honest here. Yeah, those are good questions. I think for the Falcons, I mean, I like Arthur Smith. Obviously, he was a Titans offensive mm. coordinator. Before. He was with the Titans for a long time. I feel like he, they have so little talent there, especially after Ridley retired or whatever he did. So I think they would give Arthur Smith at least another year. They probably need a new quarterback, and they need weapons. And then for the Saints – they probably would stick with Jameis. Honestly, they need receivers too. They didn't have much skill positions for him. And I think their defense is good enough that you could win with Jameis. But I don't think Jameis is kind of like kind of like how Jay Cutler was as a quarterback. You could win like eight or nine games with him, but are you really gonna go deep? So like he's like just good enough to keep him, but not good enough to win with him. So it's kind of like a curse to keep him for that long. But I feel like they'll give him another year just because he got injured. They and they they need to actually have some receivers out there so both these teams just need a lot more talent on offense oh uh, let's see what was that the buccaneers game at the time Jameis winston got hurt they were five and two hmm. I, I could tell you, you okay so so the answers to the questions were yes you're both right regarding arthur smith and <laughs> the second question the answer to that question is russell wilson <laughs> I mean, yeah, they should do that if they can. Oh, gosh. Can they afford to pull it off, though, is a problem. Because Drew, I believe Drew Brees' retirement helped clear up a lot of cap money for them. But what they got, you know, were able to unload as far as Brees retiring, they're basically going to absorb if they acquire Russell Wilson. So that puts them back in cap hell again. So how how do you do that? Because look, yes, the wide receivers got hurt. Who was it? Um, Michael Thomas didn't even play this year. He was he started the year on IR, and when he was supposed to come off, he basically elected to have surgery, and basically didn't play this year. So that's one big weapon you can use um, coming back. And yeah, they probably do need a second receiver because honestly, I couldn't name a receiver for the Colts right now off the top of my head. Saints. So, yeah, but if I was the Saints, though, I would push to get Russell Wilson. I mean, I'm not good. knocking it, but cap wise, if it, how do you fill out the rest of the receiving core then with just Michael Thomas and a bunch of also ends? I guess you just left him. Yeah, I think there's also James, there's also the reality that we all know, which is that if, if you want a player on your team, you'll find uh, a way, then yeah. you'll find a way to do it. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Look, I'm just sticking up for Jameis because he had a good season up until he got hurt. He had a great yeah. season up until he got hurt, really. I, th- I think they, they were nursing him along and he was progressing for sure, yeah. yeah. He had an okay season. Yeah. Hey, 14-3 and three through seven games? He was all right. Oh, ouch. Mm. That, that's hurtful. That, that is truly, truly hurtful. Well, that's okay. That's, that's life, James. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Not feeling the sympathy here, Neil, at all. Well, just, just I mean, uh, it. I guess Marquez. You'd say Marquez Callaway would be a, a player they can build with, offensively. Not, not as the number one. No, as no. the three or four, maybe. But not, they, not they, as your number one. Maybe receiver. the draft receivers. I think they're good at like every other position almost. Yeah, offensive line's excellent. Um, oh yeah, man. offensive line is stout. Uh, well, let's finish this up with the injuries here. Uh, Kyle Pitts is questionable with the hamstring. Jalen Mayfield, the guard, and Frank Darby, wide receiver, also questionable. 
Uh, the Saints have Traquan Smith, their wide receiver, chest injury. He's uh, listed as uh, questionable. Mark Ingram, knee injury, didn't practice on Thursday. Ramchek, also questionable. He's just been activated from the uh, reserve list, COVID reserve list. And uh, Marcus Davenport and Ty Montgomery also listed as questionable. The uh, next game here, starting at 425. New York Jets visit the Buffalo Bills. The Jets move up from 31 to 30. The Bills move up from 7 to 6. The Bills are 16 and a half point favorites. We are all picking the Buffalo Bills. And Rob does send us, Bills are in a must-win game if they want to win a division. Bills offense is coming off a weird performance against the Falcons where QB won through three picks in four passes and looked like he was trying to pad the stats instead of win the game. Bills still came around in the second half, but one would hope they come in with a winner mentality this week. I expect them to. They should move the ball in all phases of the game against the hapless Jets. Gabe Davis is hot and continues uh, and it continues this week. I expect the Bills to run some trick plays just to give other teams something extra to study for the playoffs. Don't have a lot of insight for this one. Don't get hurt. Go Bills. Jets 10, Bills 34. <laughs> Neil? Yeah, I think uh, the Bills, I mean, do we trust the Bills? Can they just finally win this game and win the division? I, mean, I think can, so. I think so. Can, uh, my question to you is, can anybody besides Josh Allen run the football? <laughs> no, but can anybody, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with Allen this year. He's, he's taking a step back for me. Uh, and he's got a lot to prove. Uh, uh, and I'd be a, his job is throwing the ball. And at the moment, he's throwing it to the wrong people. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, they've got problems there, James. You're absolutely right. They can't run the ball when they get run all over. I, I, I don't look forward to, well, J uh, Jordan will be looking forward to it. But Jordan. A, a Bills fan uh, won't be looking forward to uh, meeting the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs, I tell you that much. Um. Yeah, well, <laughs> Jordan. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're playing the Jets though, so I'm sure they're going to win by a time. Yeah. But they're not. We'll we'll see who they match up with in the playoffs. I mean, I don't. They they have potential because their defense is still pretty good, and their passing game. They have like a high upside, I think, when they're clicking, but they're just so inconsistent, and you can kind of throw them off their game sometimes. So, you know, I mean, this game's going to be a blowout. So. We'll see what happens in the playoffs. I mean, division game, we hope it's a blowout. What happened the last time they played the Jets? 45-17. Okay. Yeah, you could expect to see that again, I think. Well, look, they were supposed to manhandle the Falcons last week, and that was only 29-15. Like MJ and Rob just said in their write-ups, last week's matchup did not go according to plan in the first half. I mean, it was 15-14 at halftime. Falcons. The Falcons. Yeah. Do, yeah, do I need to remind you all that it was snowing in Buffalo and the yeah, but, Falcons were winning? <laughs> yeah, but then, but then you got to remember that uh, Matt Ryan played at Boston College. He, he he's played in snow before, I'm sure. Uh, the one thing though, James, is you know, it's been 20 years since he played at Boston College. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If if your quarterback throws three picks and you win the game, then just just get out of there, take it and get out of there. <laughs> True indeed. They also know that the division is on the line. They could finally win the yeah. division. Like I feel like they're really going to show up for this game. Whereas last game, I feel like they're probably just looking past the Falcons and they weren't really like like our Bill Superman said, he's trying to pad the stats. I, I don't think they're taking it as like this game they know they win, they win the division. I think they're gonna show up. 
and mm-hmm. they're not going to mess around this time. All right. It'll be the first time the Bills have back-to-back division titles since Jim Kelly was quarterback. Mm. Uh, the injury report has Emmanuel Sanders with a knee injury, Ryan Bates with a knee injury, and F.A. Obata is questionable. Uh, for the Jets, Michael Carter's in concussion protocol. Jameson Crowder has a calf injury. Braxton Berrios has a quad injury. Uh, Elijah Moore is out with the quad. Sheldon Rankins and Ashton Davis are also both questionable. The uh, next game here on the docket, San Francisco 49ers travel to the L.A. Rams. The Niners move up one spot from 14 to 13. The Rams move up from five to three. (laughs) We are split on this one. Uh, Power rankings and Neil going with the Rams. Myself and Jordan going with the Niners. The Rams are four and a half point favorites. (laughs) And before I kick it over to Jordan, I'm just going to remind Neil that – Monday night football early this season, the Niners beat the Rams like a drum. Uh, Jordan, go ahead on this one. So, I mean, this is a really good game. Like, this really should have been the game that got flexed to Saturday night because both teams, mm. the, the Niners need to win to get in and the Rams mm-hmm. need to win to hold on to the division. Um, but then I don't think it's a coincidence that the Niners have beaten the Rams five times in a row because I think they they match up well with them because – one, they can stop the run, which is what the Rams kind of want to build off of. And two, like the Rams are built more to try to stop like Brady and Rodgers. They're not built to stop the big running game that the 49ers have. So I think that I think it's a good matchup for the 49ers, and they're really fighting for their lives in this game. So yeah. that's why I picked them. But I think this should be a really good game. So this should have been should have been on primetime. Neil. Yeah, I totally agree there with Jordan. This is this is the the makings of game of the week for me. Uh, I like the Rams here because I think uh, the forty. Well, I'm I'm getting a sense that uh, that Garoppolo won't play, but I, I think he's probably still questionable. He's still moment, questionable, but I I don't think he'll play. Not the, not the way it was sounding with his finger, uh, and I think that's if that's the case, then I have a feeling the Rams defense. May well have its way with, uh, with uh, the the young rookie quarterback, and and that might just be enough to just to sway it. Plus, uh, I, I I'm really keen to watch the two head coaches here because uh, other other two more smug head coaches in the NFL than McVeigh and Shanahan. No, no. I mean, if let's face it, if they were made of chocolate, they'd eat, they'd eat themselves, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> oh man look um jordan hit it on the head the, the both of these teams need to win this game frisco has to win to get in yeah. uh the rams need to win to lock up the division um and and again five straight mm-hmm. neil you bring up a good point does i mean trey lance if it's trey lance if garoppolo can't go and they they babied him last week um, against the Texans. I don't know if they can baby him this week with the play calling. Like, yeah, you can run the ball on the Rams because they, they are built to stop high-powered passing offenses. But at some point, they're going to have to straight drop back and pass. And unless they get crazy creative and hold up at, at, the, at the line of scrimmage to allow a lot of the creative trick plays to manifest – this could get ugly in a hurry, but on the flip side, that quarterback for the Rams, Stafford, 
Look, he, he leads the league in pick sixes. It's not a category you want to lead the league in. I, I still don't trust the guy. I'm sorry. Uh, we said it before we went on air. A lot of his stats this season look very similar to basically any random year when he was in Detroit. Um, yeah, they're eye-popping. A high number of touchdowns, a decent completion percentage, a high number of passing yardage. But, mm. I mean, we, we, we still doubt this team. This is not a Rams team that we have full. Seriously, do, do either of you have full confidence to say the Rams make the playoffs, even if it's as a wild card, we trust them to win one, maybe two games? No, definitely not. Definitely not, James. I, th- I think you're. I think you're fair. They're, they're a team who have been, who have been uh, <clears throat> up and you know, yeah. I mean, they've been up and down so much this year. It's it's hard to know who's going to turn up on the day, but they do have the players who can change games we know that and one of those players james is uh is cup the wide receiver and i wanted to ask you guys uh a question about about records uh because obviously we've got the 17th game now this year uh mm-hmm. do you think records should be reset because we've got a, a number of records haven't we this this week that could go uh, and one does wonder if we should be resetting it or whether we should just be letting it go you know and because uh, um, years ago we had 14 games in a season right uh, and we didn't reset records when it went to no. 16 so i don't see why now granted we will acknowledge that the year you know we, we acknowledge that some of the records that were broken in the past were set in 14 game seasons we, we acknowledge that you know there's there's no going back like when you look at the record books and say oh my gosh this is the first time this has happened since 1970 something well up until the mid to late 70s they were playing 14 games a season you know the 16 games didn't start until the late 70s um and and now we're we basically had about what 30 some odd years of 16 game seasons and now we're moving into 17 and we don't know how long we want to stay in 17 because the goal is ultimately to get to 18. oh yeah so i i I mean i don't think any asterisks or anything needs to be done this is just what's going to happen um we talked about this during one of the offseason podcasts, you know, when it was known that it was going to be a 17th game. This is going to affect records going forward. Some, you know, a lot of records are going to be set in the first couple of years of these new changes. And when we go to 18, a lot of these records set during the 17 game season are going to fall. So uh, it, it's it's what you expect to happen when you extend the season by more games. Jordan? Yeah, I think Cooper Cup even said something about that because he – I think he only needs 136 yards to get to 2,000 on the season, which is crazy. But he, he, I think he basically said, like, it wouldn't feel right to get 2,000 in 17 games when everyone else only had 16 games. But, I mean, whether we like it or not, like, we're, people are still going to keep track of stats. And, like, this ha- like, every sport has eventually had more and more games. And then, of course, the records are going to be higher and higher as a result. Um, and there's already kind of an inflation with passing statistics in the right era than how it used to be. So, I mean, I think it's just going to be, I think we're going to know when you look at the records, well, do you look at it as total games or as like per game, if you want to compare it across eras, but I, I don't know. There's no, I feel like there's no, no good answer to it, but it is going to be interesting to see if Cup gets 2000 yards. I mean, that's quite a milestone for receiving mm. yards. Yeah, I believe it's 132 to break Calvin Johnson's single season record and 171 to get to 172. Yeah, like you said, to get to 2000. So we'll see. Uh, which, if, is, which has never happened before, has it? 2000 receiving yards. 
No, Calvin Johnson no. was the first receiver yeah. to get remotely close to 2,000. I think he came yeah. up like, what, 40-something yards short? Um, yeah. So. That's because he had the great Matt Stafford throwing to him, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> wow, Stafford could cause the two highest single receiving yeah. seasons Maybe. ever. Who would have thought? Yeah. Oh, Does that make God. Stafford the greatest quarterback of all time, James? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still holding on to Otto Graham. <laughs> Uh, the LA Rams have Nick Scott, their safety, with a broken thumb on the injury reports. Uh, the 49ers have Elijah Mitchell with a knee injury. Uh, Tavon Wilson uh, was designated to return from injury reserve. Dre Greenlaw has a groin injury, was limited in practice. Emmanuel Mosley has an ankle injury. Uh, he's been designated to return from injury reserve. Trent Williams is questionable, along with uh, Jakiski Tart and uh, Demandre Lenore was placed on the COVID list. Uh, moving on here, the New England Patriots hold at number 10 in the power rankings. They are 10-point favorites over the Miami Dolphins, who move up from 16 to 17. Uh, Neil is holding to the Dolphins here to win this game, I think for obvious reasons that we'll get to shortly. But our Patriots fan, Pat, does send us so here we are at week 18 and the patriots have clinched a spot in the playoffs and most likely have much to play for they will unlike they will unlikely change seating position unless the colts win their game and the patriots lose this one to miami otherwise the likelihood that the top four seeds all lose their games versus bottom tier teams already limited from playoff contention is not very likely there is a scenario that exists that has the Patriots finish Sunday as the number one seed in the AFC. That's not going to happen, but who knows? No, we, we know it's not going to happen, uh, which is why they play the games. It's still not going to happen. Uh, Miami has typically been a bad place of mojo for the Patriots. Before Tom Brady was there, uh, there was this thing called the Orange Bowl curse. And of course, during Tom Brady's tenure, including a game called the Miami Miracle, in which we saw a beat-up, slow Gronk try to play safety. <laughs> that is the definition of overthinking it right there. Dolphins were red hot until they weren't last week. Patriots struggled versus two playoff-bound teams and then blew out the Jaguars like they should. I honestly can see this game going either direction. I would prefer a win, and I think the team would prefer a win and will be playing to win. Belichick rarely rests his team or his starters, so I suspect that he will start now. He won't start now. Uh, Patriots should go out and handle business. Let's say Patriots 31, Miami 17. We'll have much more in-depth things to say during Super Wildcard Weekend next month. Uh, Neil, your your reason for picking the Dolphins here? Well, you guys probably can clear this up for me. Do you can the Patriots actually change much on their own in their in their standings in the seedings? Not uh, they would need the Bills to lose, which I don't think is going to happen. Yeah, that's the one thing. Win, they're going to be the five. No well, to, again, to get to one, the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Titans, and the Bills all have to lose. Mm -hmm. So, and the, the Patriots the, become the one seed. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So, I, I and I also think somehow Miami have done quite well in recent years uh, against the Patriots in Miami. So. Uh, uh, I just don't think the Patriots will put much, put everything into this game, and I think that the Dolphins absolutely will, because uh, I think they're 
I think the head coach needs to uh, get another win to 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 uh, to cement his his place next year. Tua, of course, needs a decent game, and and of course, Waddle is a player also looking to uh, to get close to a, a catch record, isn't he? Uh, rookie catches, I believe so. Yeah, so. Uh, I just think last last game of the season, everything points to a close game here, and maybe the Dolphins just just edging it. Jordan, yeah, I think it's a close one. I, I think I think Belichick historically does not rest his players that much, if I remember right. But I, I, it is true that they usually struggle in Miami. Um, I think I only picked the Patriots because I don't know if Belichick like Belichick never loses to rookie quarterbacks for some reason. So. That's really the only reason I picked them, but I, they, they really don't need to care that much about this game, whereas the Dolphins might want to just make their record better. I mean, I, I think this one could definitely go either way. But honestly, out of all the, the playoff teams in the AFC, I would say I'm not very worried about the Patriots. Agreed. Yeah, can't really see. Neil, I, 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 trust me, I understand what you're getting at, and I understand what Pat's saying here. It... it Look, it, it, there there have been some late season games in Miami for the Patriots that have been head scratchers. I recall a Monday night game in which Tom Brady played the whole way through in like the second to last week of the season, and Miami literally beat the brakes off the Patriots that night. Uh, it was weird. It was one of those things coming in was like, oh yeah, we don't expect a very competitive game tonight. We expect the Patriots to go in, beat Miami like a drum, and you know, move on to next week, Patriots in the playoffs, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, that, that didn't happen in that Monday night game a couple of years back. It, 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 it was so, I, I mean, you're talking yourself can, out of this all the time, aren't you? Go and move that, move that, uh, move that cross into the Miami Dolphins box. Yeah. But then, I mean, no, <laughs> even if I'm wrong, even if I'm going to be wrong, I'm, I'm, I'm still going to no. just, yeah. The Patriots. I'm making mind up. You say yeah or no. <laughs> so so here so here's my thing, right? I think the Patriots do go out, obviously, because like we've already said, Belichick play, you know, keeps the starters in at the end of the year. He he rarely rests anybody. They have to be blowing somebody out with the first round bye on the line, and then he pulls people at halftime. That's the only time that he's actually not played starters for an entire game. Mm-hmm. Right. Um more than likely. Should everything fall the way we've predicted thus far, the Patriots will be going to Buffalo as the four or five matchup. Mm. So, I mean, they're they're in regardless. But again, if they lose and the Colts win, then they go to Cincinnati. So, take from that what you will. Uh, but again, since they'll be playing the same time as the Bills, they'll be playing this game like the division is on the line. So they'll be playing, you know, playing to beat the Dolphins and rooting on the Jets. Uh, but when yeah, it comes to I, halftime and the Bills are forty-five points up on the Jets, that won't uh, happen. <laughs> then that's, uh, they might... that, that's probably the scenario that both New England and Buffalo hopes for, because in that case, both teams can rest their starters and just worry about next week. <laughs> but I don't think the Bills will be up forty-five on the Jets at halftime. <laughs> anyway, this is way too too much chat about two middling teams. So <laughs> the Patriots injury report. Has Nelson Aguilar in the concussion protocol, Jacoby Myers the thigh, Damian Harris with a hamstring, uh, Dante Hightower, Cody Davis, Cal Duggar, and David Andrews all questionable. 
Uh, Miles Bryant, the corner, was placed on the COVID list. The uh, Dolphins, yeah, nothing new here. They just have Patrick Laird was designated to return from injury reserve, and Malcolm Brown is not going to be activated off of injury reserve. So the next game here on the docket is the Seattle Seahawks at the Arizona Cardinals. The Seahawks move up from 26 to 23. The Cardinals move up from 9 to 7. Cardinals are seven-point favorites. We are all taking the Cardinals, and do we have any reason to believe that um, Seattle has a chance in this one whatsoever? Jordan? I mean, I, I think they have a chance, but the Cardinals really really want to win this game because if the Rams lose to the 49ers, then they would win the division, and then they move to a home playoff game and an easier matchup probably. So the Cardinals will be motivated. And I mean, the Seahawks have like finally the last couple of weeks shown some life on offense that they haven't had all season. They like, still lost to the Bears, though. <laughs> did they lose to the Bears? They lost to the yeah. Bears in the snow. Okay. Yes, two point conversion at the end of the game. Yeah, right, I, I watched that game in the four o'clock window because <laughs> it was snowing. Oh my God. Well, I was just going to say, like, you know, yeah, the Cardinals should win this game. <laughs> Jordan, That's Jordan, the start of the next season. Who who's who's on the Seahawks? Pete Carroll, Russell Will, Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, one or both or none? I mean, if I if I was the if I was a Seahawks fan, I would want Wilson and not Carroll if I could make that choice. I could see them making the opposite choice, which would be a big mistake. But I would do everything they can to keep Russell. And I I think Pete Carroll's been holding them back. I mean, I think I've been they've been winning in spite of him the years that they were good because Russell is. Russell, to have this bad of a record with Russell Wilson, I mean, that's a big indictment of the organization because he's a great quarterback. So they should try See, to See, Justin, Justin it's not just me. It's, it's not just me. Jordan feels the same way. <laughs> Does Justin not like Russell Wilson? That's no. Uh, <laughs> Justin doesn't like when I bag on the Seahawks. Well, they're clearly – a horrible organization if you are six and ten with Russell Wilson. There's no excuse mm-hmm. for that. When you think there are an organization who's got Russell Wilson uh, who's throwing the ball to Lockett and Metcalf and and, and there's and, and 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 still they look so bad on offense, there's something wrong with the coaching. Yeah, because well, they're coaching in the offseason every time they're like, oh we have to run more. We have to run more. You have Wilson, <laughs> Metcalf and Lockett. You have to pass more is what exactly you have to do. yeah. <laughs> well th- th- there's just one problem with that situation and that is they don't have an offensive line that can pass block. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I I still go back to it, James. When you've got a, a an all pro quarterback and and those two outstanding receivers, um, Wilson, they should be really running an offense, which is really just 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 involving quick passes, but just timing dropbacks and 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 getting the ball into those guys' hands. Because we both know that Lockett and Metcalf are uh, are yards after the catch guys. You know, just get the ball into their hands. Uh, and yet, and yet, there they are every every season, not running the ball enough, uh, or sometimes running it too much with an offensive line, which is uh, which is getting Wilson killed. There's something 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 terribly wrong offensively in that team because because it's it's just it's not meeting production. You know the players they've got. You know it's 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 not. It, there's something wrong there for sure. And I think Jordan might be right. Holding Pete Carroll might be holding holding that that team back. And then, of course, they've always relied on the defense. And Carroll's a mm-hmm. defensive guy, and their defense is—it's—it's uh, uh, it's average at best, isn't it? Really, that's being generous. <laughs> yeah, very generous. Yeah. 
I mean, maybe they should try to draft an offensive lineman. Have they ever thought about that? Because they, yeah. they haven't done that in the first round since 2016. So well, they I'm also being, need being, first round draft picks to do that. Yeah, they also don't yeah. have first round picks. Yeah. So I'm I'm being fun. generous, James, because Ross, because uh, 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 Justin's listening to this and he's probably crying in the corner. Of the <laughs> 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 something nice what, to him. Well, Justin is our producer, so he has to put this together. Exactly. <laughs> Justin will be oh, cutting this. This bit will be cut out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what, what should we say? Seahawks are going to be great next year. Maybe we'll leave that in. <laughs> the only bit that will be left in. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> so more than likely, Russell Wilson is out of Seattle. Um, we've already speculated one place he might go. But the question is... Who does Seattle get to stand behind this mesh paper of an offensive line next year if Wilson is gone? Well, I think they could probably do a sort of trade a seventh round pick for Jameis Winston. Or they just keep Geno Smith. Yeah. Oh, Jameis Winston, Geno Smith, same they're, guy, you know. They're going to be rebuilding. If oh, Russell leaves, they're going to be very bad. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. think, and you just mentioned Metcalf and Lockett. How long do you think they're going to stick around? Because isn't Metcalf still on a rookie deal? He's yeah, he's probably. upset already, isn't he? This year, I mean, so if if Wilson leaves, you can only think that Metcalf is out the door right after him when his contract is up. There's no way Metcalf resigns yeah. if Wilson's gone. Yeah, I mean, Lockett will probably stay out of loyalty because he's been there forever, much like Bobby Wagner. But I don't see Metcalf sticking around if Wilson's out the door. I'm sure Lockett would want to go wherever Russell goes, though. They have a great connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, since we're still bagging on the Seahawks, uh, <laughs> Ryan Neal, their safety, has been placed on the uh, COVID list. Uh, Bobby Wagner is doubtful with his knee injury. Will Disley, Ethan Posick, DJ Reed, Dakota Shepley, Gabe Jackson, Stone Forsyth, and Kadri Diggs, all this is questionable, along with DJ, DK Metcalf with his foot injury. Uh, Al Woods and Gavin uh, Heslop are both on the COVID list. Uh, for the Arizona Cardinals, Chase Edmonds, Dennis Gardick, Zach Allen, Rondell Moore, James Conner, all listed as questionable. Uh, Max Williams and Tanner Vallejo are uh, on the COVID list, along with Zach Kerr. James Wiggins has been designated to return from IR, uh, so that's some help in their secondary. Demetrius Harris. Jordan Phillips and Marco Wilson also show up as questionable. Uh, last four o'clock game here has the Carolina Panthers visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the Panthers uh, hold at 27. The Buccaneers move up from three to two. They are eight point favorites. And um, yeah, do we, I mean, I don't know. Neil go. Cause I'm, I'm at a loss of words as far as anything constructive nice to say about this game it, th- this looks like a beating on paper and not in a good way yeah i think i, th- I think uh, at the start of the season james and jordan i was i was kind of hopeful that that maybe matt rule was going to uh, continue the development of this team uh, they started three and oh yeah exactly yeah and, and i think clearly clearly like like any coach you know if you don't have a if you don't have a uh a, a top 15 quarterback you're always going to be struggling no matter who you are you know and 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 that's tough but i do wonder if the i don't know the guy signed a long-term contract is he going to be there next year matt rule 
Uh, not if the fans have their way. I mean, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen some of the Twitter posts. The one that stands out is said that the uh, the Carolinas Panthers organization is holding a giveaway this weekend. Uh, who's interested? And oh, that no, it was uh, Thanksgiving weekend. They said the Panthers organization is hosting a giveaway. What are some things we should think about giving away? To which someone responded, Matt Rule. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that lets you know what the fan base feels about him. Uh, I don't know if this offense was constructed properly for Sam Darnold. And Neil, I know I'm not going to say you're an apologist, but he's kind of your whoopie. You, 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 you've been on Darnold as being a good prospect since he's been drafted. And we already know what happened in New York. You had to figure things were going to be better in Carolina, though. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm certainly, obviously, you know, you can only you can only beat that drum for so long. It's clear now that Darno is not going to be a, a starting quarterback, and that, that's 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 the way it goes sometimes. And uh, definitely wrong on that one, sadly. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I wonder where they're going. I wonder. I don't really know the 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 owner uh, very well. I know he was involved with Pittsburgh for a while, mm-hmm. and they're, they're used to keeping their coaches long term. Uh, I'm not sure how his patience is, but you've got to be thinking this year, if they do keep Matt Rule, it's going to be all about the quarterback, isn't it? It has to be. Because, I mean, they brought back... I mean, at one point we thought they were shutting out Sam Darnold for the year. They bring in uh, Cam Newton. He mm-hmm. he plays well in the reserve role, doesn't want to start. Then, like, the last two starts that... Newton was listed as a starter. They kept switching him out with PJ Walker. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Uh, to say that this is a, a, just a whole, a, just an era of comedy is, is an understatement. Uh, Jordan, your thoughts on this? I mean, it's pretty ugly to start off three and zero and then to end potentially five and twelve total. So it's, mm-hmm. I mean, you're Sam Darnold. He's just not. He just sees ghosts like you put any pressure on him and he completely panics. Like they definitely need a new quarterback. Matt Rule, I mean, has not done a great job. I mean, they just they just need a quarterback. So when you don't have a quarterback, everything looks bad. Um yeah, it's gonna be I don't know how much the Bucks even care about this game. I mean, they're probably gonna be locked in where they are. So it's kind of a pointless game, honestly. Yeah, they do need to win to hold on to the two seed because if again they lose, the Rams win or the Cow- or the Cowboys win, they could be jumped, and they probably want to have more playoff games at home than on the road. Mm. But hold on, they have currently the three seed. Yeah, I think they're the three unless. The oh, Rams so yeah, the Rams are ahead of them right now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I guess they're hoping the Rams lose and then they could move up. Yeah, move up yeah, to two. Yeah. That's but they're the so injured. Like they got a, they, they they're so injured. They got all these old players. I feel like they should just rest up. But I don't know what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Apparently, yeah. Owens is available. <laughs> that's right. Those. Uh... <laughs> we have already mentioned the other wide receiver. We're not going to go into that anymore. But for this game, uh, yeah, the there's Buccaneers. A, there's a new guy in the the Santonio Green who looks very similar to a guy that just had. <laughs> <laughs> uh justin watson the wide receiver is questionable jpp is questionable with the shoulder ronald jones has an ankle injury uh giovanni bernard was spotted off to the side of practice um working out even though he's still on ir leonard Fournette 
uh, still nursing the hamstring. Uh, there's no immediate direction to him coming back. He's still on mm-hmm. IR. Ryan Jensen is questionable. Shaq Barrett is officially listed as out with his knee injury. Uh, Levante David uh, is hopeful to be activated for the playoffs. He's still on IR. Richard Sherman is questionable. Uh, for the Panthers, Stephen Gilmore is on the COVID reserve list, along with wide receiver Shee Smith and Uter Gross Matos. So, and again, Sam Darnold will be starting again. So, like you all said, any pressure the Buccaneers can generate. <laughs> the mm-hmm. Sunday night game to wrap up the season, win and you're in. The L.A. Chargers versus the Vegas Raiders. The Chargers hold at number 12 in our rankings. They are three-point favorites. The Chargers, I mean, excuse me, the Raiders move up from 17 to 16. Everyone here but me is going with the Chargers, so I'm the only one that has Monty's back in this. And he says, uh, hey, everybody, (laughs) this is Ken, your Chargers super fan. It's been a while (laughs) since I checked in. But I wanted to weigh in on this weekend's big game. It, it feels like I hear some version of these tropes every training camp. The Chargers have the most talented roster in the AFC. How are you going to stop these skill position guys? The Chargers have the best young quarterback in the league. The Chargers defense is stacked with all pros at every level. The Chargers have found their coach, aggressive play caller that uses analytics. And yet here they are sitting at nine and seven, very average. In fact, Nine and seven is the same record as the Raiders who suck, (laughs) who don't even have a head coach and have had a nightmare of a season. Nine and seven. I don't know how. Maybe it's a turnover. Maybe it's a penalty. Maybe it's a missed field goal. But this time of year, for some reason, the Chargers will find a way to lose a game that they should have won. Happens every single time. Chargers 27, Raiders 31. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Some combination of Ken and Monty put that together. So, uh, Jordan, you're in the AFC. <laughs> Your thoughts uh, on this game? I mean, I would love to see the Raiders win for for my guy, Marcus Mariota, who gets two plays a game and gets the first down both times. But <laughs> uh, the thing is, the Chargers beat the Raiders pretty handily the first time they played, and I, I just – I don't think the Raiders match. Well, at first, I think the Chargers are a better team, but I also think it's a better matchup because the Raiders, the Raiders on defense, they've had a good run defense lately, but how much is that going to matter against the Chargers who are going to be throwing the ball most of the time? Um, I do think the Chargers have too much talent, and I think the Raiders are average at best. So I'll be rooting for the Raiders, but I think the Chargers are going to win. Neil? Well, what what I'm excited to see here, uh, James is, is to see both quarterbacks, to be honest with you, uh, playing in conditions where it's it is to all intents and purposes a playoff game, and yeah, uh, and those are different from regular season games. And it'll be interesting to see how they react because we haven't seen well, I don't recall who maybe he has been in the playoffs, uh, Derek Carr, but I, I don't recall how he well, the, the one year they made it, he was injured and they had to start a back. Oh, that was a 12 yeah. year, yeah, 12 and four year, yeah. So, I'd like to see how he copes in that sort of, under that sort of different pressure, and also obviously with the young quarterback Herbert uh, to see how he copes with uh, with his first taste of what's basically playoff action. So uh, it, it's very difficult to know how how both teams will react in this game. But I, I'm, a, I'm a bit like Jordan. I think the the Chargers are a slightly better matchup in this game, and 
Uh, I like the talent they have. They have players who can who can make a difference here. Uh, Keenan Allen, uh, obviously Bosa, and uh, and James on defense. So I, I think it'll be close, and it, this could be a real cracker of a game. But I, I just think the Chargers might just pip it. But it'll all come down to how these two quarterbacks I think uh, really cope with the with this different pressure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, call me biased. I'm picking the Raiders here. Um, I, I feel like. Neil, you hit it on the head, the pressure. And there have been times when Justin Herbert has looked like the chosen one out of his draft class. And there are other times where he looks like a rookie. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he didn't have the typical rookie season last year. Yeah, they had a horrendous record uh, last season. Um, I believe, what, they were 3-13 and or something like that last year, maybe 4-12, and uh, somewhere around there. But Record-wise, it was horrendous, and he really didn't look like a rookie because he set rookie records as far as, I believe, what was it, passing yardage and touchdowns mm. for a rookie quarterback, and everyone anointed him as, like, the next best thing at quarterback, and it hasn't translated this year. So um, the game is in Vegas. I expect complete blackout as far as the, the fans showing up. Um and making that place as hostile as possible. I don't think the Chargers are ready. Yeah, they, again, they have the talent. They do. I honestly just don't think they're ready for this moment. And there are members of the Raiders, you know, team who have been here before. I think a big question is whether if the Raiders get Darren Waller back because he's been missing for a long time and they really yeah. need, they need that piece on offense. So if he if he comes back, you know, then it could be then it could be anyone's game. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, he is questionable with the knee and back as he has been activated from the COVID list. So could go all up to game time decision um, as of this recording. Like I said, uh, I have to see because honestly. He's option one in their offense, and Renfro has stepped up big time in his absence, but someone else has to be there because it's not Jackson and Jones. Zay Jones is wildly inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Which which of these two teams, though, do you see making any impact at all in the in the actual playoffs when they get around to it? Well, I think uh, what's interesting is that if, if the Chargers win and they're the seventh seed, they could be playing the Chiefs as the two seed, and they – both games they played this year were really close. So I think I think that would be the most – I feel like if I was the Chiefs fan, I would not want to play the Chargers again out of all the teams. So they I think – They they manhandled the Raiders twice in four weeks. Yeah, the Raiders, I don't know what they would do in the playoffs. I think a Chargers-Chiefs matchup would be real interesting next week. Uh-huh. Yeah, good point. It'd be interesting, but like you said, if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm rooting on the Raiders here. <laughs> oh yeah, you pretty much smash them every time you play them, and it's and it's not even close. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, the Chargers present all types of problems, and even what we saw out of the Chiefs this past Sunday, like Spagno, Spags has got to call better defense than that, you know, uh, uh, against weapons, and and the Chargers have a similar receiving core. 
So my, my thing is you you wouldn't do that to the Chargers, but you did it to the Bengals on Sunday. Yeah, you know, all out blitz. But James, I, I I completely agree with you. I think we're all kind of saying the same thing that the, the Chargers have have the players to win most games if you look at it. Yeah. Any any given Sunday. But there's something with there's something maybe it's just something intangible with the Chargers that they do find themselves at nine and seven at this mm-hmm. point in the season uh, with all that talent. So with a new coach, it doesn't seem to have changed. What is wrong with the Chargers that they can't seem to get to that position where they're they're coming to this game at twelve and four or or thirteen well, and, and three? What is it? Well, I'm looking at the schedule here, and let's go over the games they lost in Week Two. They lost twenty seventeen to the Cowboys, a game that basically came down to the final drive. Cowboys kicking the go ahead field goal. Right, they got blown out by the Ravens, thirty four to six. They had a close game with the Patriots, twenty seven twenty four. Uh, two weeks after that, they lose to Minnesota, twenty seven twenty. Two weeks after that, they lose to the Broncos, twenty eight thirteen, in the first matchup with Denver. And then before beating the Broncos this week, they lost back to back games to the Chiefs. Again, that was in overtime. And inexplicably, Davis Mills led Texans 41-29. So I look at some of those losses and just recalling some of those games, automatically what jumps out is that Texans game and that Vikings game. How do you lose to those two teams? They had a lot they, of they, they had a lot they, of COVID players against the Texans. Like, oh, I mean, I don't know how they lost, but they had a lot of people on COVID against the Texans. And I think it was a big letdown because they really should have beat the they should have beat the Chiefs that game that they lost in overtime. That was the game they missed all those fourth and goal plays. And they, yes. they were winning that whole time. And that was the Thursday, that game, the Thursday night game. I mean, they could have been playing for the one seed if they had, or they would have had the division if they beat the Chiefs. So that was a big fall for them. But I mean, I like, I, I think that the Chargers have the upside that, you know, if, if things are clicking, they can do things in the playoffs, whereas the Raiders are more like, they are what they are. Like they're they're like kind of a solid team, but I don't know that they're going to be upsetting anyone in the playoffs. No, so, especially with the winner of this game most likely playing the Chiefs in the first round. Yeah, Probably no, I think not. I think I agree with Jordan 100 percent there. That's that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Although the Raiders actually, if they win, since they beat the Colts last week, they would actually be the sixth seed, not the seventh seed, because they move ahead of the Colts. That is true. So they would play. And um, here's another side note. Should the Colts lose earlier in the day to the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Raiders are automatically in the playoffs. <laughs> You're not going to let that go, are you, James? They're not going to lose to the Jaguars, okay? I'm just saying, look. <laughs> Snow was slamming the East Coast here in the States and moving through the Midwest. Crazy things happen all the time. Uh, real quick on the injury report. Uh, Markel Lee, the linebacker, and Kamal Seymour, uh, offensive tackle, both on the COVID list, so they'll be out. We already talked about Darren Waller. Josh Jacobs has a rib injury. He's listed as questionable. Denzel Perriman, Trayvon Mooring, uh, Jonathan ha- Hankins also listed as questionable. And for the Chargers, they have Drew Tranquil with an ankle injury. Corey Lindsley, their center, has a back injury. And Joe Gaziano, their defensive end, is also listed as questionable. Um, all right, so guys, we, we've gone over all the scenarios, possible seedings, matchups, permutations that, you know, for every scenario of a team winning or losing this game, getting into the playoffs or moving around. Ideally, what is your ideal scenario for how these playoffs shape out? 
Jordan, I'm going to start with you because your team has a shot at number one. So I, I, I'm guessing holding on to the one seed first and foremost. But after that, what are you looking at in the AFC side specifically? You mean like just in the seedings or like how the playoffs is going to play out? Both. Okay. I mean, I think, look, as a Titans fan, I, you know, I try to stay cautious and realistic and all that, but for the, after last Sunday, I think for the first time, I'm really letting myself start to get my hopes up here. Like I think things are lining up for us where we've been injured all season, but we're finally potentially going to be healthy with Derrick Henry back, especially if we get the bye week and Vrabel is so good. Vrabel has never lost off of a bye. So if we get to be the one seed and host, you know, the AFC championship game potentially, and we've already beaten the Chiefs and the Bills, you know, I, I like the Titans. I like our chances. I'm not, I'm not scared of these other AFC teams. And then in the NFC, I also, I don't know who's going to beat the Packers, honestly. Like, I think the Bucks have had all these injuries lately. The Rams have been up and down. Even the Cowboys lost Gallup and like Dak has been kind of off lately. So Sucks. I think I think it's such a big advantage to get that by to have a whole week of rest and have one less game you have to win. So right now I think the Packers are the team to Packers and the Titans, honestly, is what I'm looking at. But it's it's pretty it's probably one of the most wide open years we've had in, in some time. So I think I think we're gonna get some good, exciting playoff matchups. Neil? I think I'd probably like to defer to the guy who's just joined us on the podcast here, James. It is uh, the one and only Joanne Rice, it says here. Who the hell is Joanne Rice? Oh, yeah. I don't pay for my phone bill, so my mom's name comes up. Oh, my gosh. Kevin has risen and joined us, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Better late than never, much like his Cowboys. (laughs) Hey, what are we talking about here? How bad Dak is? I'm all for that. Uh, no, we're not talking about how bad Dak is. Is what you're looking forward to in, in the playoffs as far as seedings and potential matchups and just the general flow of how things will shape out? Well, for the NFC, I'm almost convinced that it's going to be Packers and Bucks in the NFC championship game. Don't really have any faith in any of the other teams. Although I think... Um, there could be a few first good first few first round matchups in the NFC. Cowboys Cardinals rematch will probably be a good one, although the Cowboys will lose. Um, and then you know, what are the other seeds there? But let's talk to the AFC. Like um, Derrick Henry's coming back, is that correct? He should be. Yeah, he should be ready for the first playoff game. Well, that's good news for the Titans. Um, honestly, I'm rooting for the Titans to win the whole thing. Um, because the Cowboys aren't going to, and I would just love to see, and I would just love to see Tannehill win, and uh, just because I think it would be funny. But I, 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 I've never really been a Titans believer, but you know, it's been three years now, so I, I guess you, I, I guess you have to put me on board now. They, they, they've played exceptionally well this year through a lot of injuries, through a lot of through a lot of hardships. So kudos to them for for most likely getting the number one seed and getting that by. But what I'm most interested in the AFC is, is how, how the Chiefs offense will do against some of these playoff defenses. If they go against New England, I'll be interested to see how Patty Mahomes does against Belichick. Um, don't really have a whole lot of confidence in the Bills this postseason. Um, the Bengals, I know Joe Burrow's on fire lately. 
but don't really have that much confidence in them. But, yeah, I agree with Jordan. I think there should be a lot of good, interesting games this postseason. I think there's – I don't think there's a clear-cut favorite. I think any team could, could, could lose at any time. There's no really one dominant team this year, um, which will make things exciting. Um, and hopefully – and hopefully we get some good football. And I can't believe we have a week 18, the worst idea the NFL has ever had. Neil? Yeah, I I, I kind of agree with the week 18 thing because it just means another week of having to watch Washington, which is uh, <laughs> just, just not doing my lifespan much. much. You get Jake Fromm this week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For his first career win, yeah. I think... Uh, <laughs> I would say, in terms of the AFC, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I watched, I stayed up a few weeks ago, and I can't remember who they were playing right now. Jordan will remind me, but the Titans were playing against, it might have been the Steelers, was it the Steelers? And they were losing heavily, or not heavily. Yeah, it was the were, worst game I've ever seen. They were losing, yeah. and then, and then in the second half, a certain AJ Brown just completely took over the game. Oh, that's the Forty Niners Thursday. Oh, the Forty Niners. There we go. Yeah, and. And uh, I was just, you know, sometimes you watch a game and, and, and a guy plays well, but sometimes you watch a game and somebody takes over the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, he took over that game. I was just so, just so impressed with what he did there. And uh, like Kevin has said, you know, if they get Henry back and, and uh, get Tannehill, Brown and Henry uh, clicking, uh, and of course my, my guy Jeffrey Simmons on defense, who I think is is such an underrated player, uh, I, I just I I, I kind of see everything being lined up for the Titans to to get to the championship game, to beat the Chiefs in the championship game, and get to the Super Bowl. Uh, and the NFC, the Bucks. Well, I don't know about the Bucks. You know, uh, they're so injured, so injured at the moment. And 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 if if, if everything's going through Green Bay, uh, then then I think that makes it makes it pretty pretty good bet that Green Bay will get there. Uh, I'm not sure about Kevin's Cowboys. Uh, I think they're far worse than he says, and uh, and and they'll be uh, they'll be slaughtered early and and hopefully delightfully on on live TV. Neil, Neil, Jesus Christ! Oh man! Uh, before you get Kevin completely riled up, I will say that uh, yeah, probably the AFC looks a little bit more intriguing than the NFC as far as all the matchups this week, as far as what can shake out. I don't expect seedings to change. Uh, for the top four, I expect it to be mm. Titans, Chiefs, Bengals, Bills in that order. Um, hmm. Which means we're going to get a first round matchup. I mean, unless Cincinnati pretty much goes in and says, you know what? We'll rest everybody, literally everybody, and like not a single starter plays coming out the gate against mm-hmm. Cleveland. And he just basically just tanked the game to rest. That then you get happen. a flip flop. James. flip flop. So, James, uh, I'm, I'm a bit. I, you just kind of threw the bills in there. I'd like to ask Kevin because we've had this conversation with the bills already on the podcast tonight. Okay. But Kevin, did, what do you see with the bills? Because I was kind of thinking, nah, not for me. Uh, but uh, now you know what James is like with his crazy takes. What crazy? How? <laughs> well, just, just listen to the rest of this podcast. This happened. Oh, I mean, that's evidence enough on. there. <laughs> Uh, what do I think of the Bills? I think that the Bills are not going to be a formidable foe for anyone this postseason. I think the loss of Trey White is going to 
finally rears ugly head for them. Um, they Has it not already? Yeah, they've been all right, but they have absolutely no running game. Um, and I watched last week the Bills-Falcons game. Sure, it was a 14-point a, a win by, by the Bills, I think, but Josh Allen did not play well. Like <laughs> His stat line was grotesque. Um, he just threw, like, three bad interceptions, I think, and I think he's trying to do too much because he, he knows that the entire offense rests on his shoulders. I just don't think it's the, it's the Bills' year this year. Um, they're not That's as it. good as they are. They're not as good as they were last year, and uh, you know maybe next year we'll be there. But I don't think it's their time. Just, I mean, Kevin, picture the scene. You know, after a playoff game and against the Bills, you know, Derek Henry a couple of days later still scraping bits of Bills players off his uniform. It's it's <laughs> going to be, it's it's going to be. I mean, it's going to be embarrassing to watch. I think if they play the Titans, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. didn't he already shred them earlier in the year? I think so. It's yeah. So good. Yeah, he put up like 200 on, I think, on Monday night. Right. Back in the good old days when Derrick Henry played football. But he's coming back. Yeah. Coming back fresh. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I'll say this. I don't expect the Bills, outside of the Patriots, I don't expect the Bills to win their first home game. So unless they move up to three, if they're stuck in a 4-5 matchup with New England, I think they lose. If they move to three and they get any combination of, say, Colts, Chargers, Raiders, Steelers, or Ravens, they could possibly win that game. Possibly. Mm-hmm. I don't I see any of those teams putting up that much of a fight against them if they get to the three seed. Oh, they'll beat the Patriots. They ho- they should hope for the Patriots. Yeah. I don't know they do beat the Patriots. I mean, again, we saw what happened. Look, I know. Crazy win, Monday night, three passes. Attempted by the Patriots quarterback, they won. Mac Jones threw for like forty-five percent completion percentage in a in a real game. Yeah, the only way the Patriots beat the Bills is if there's another snowstorm. I mean, (laughs) the Bills—the Bills—they should want to play the Patriots. They. How how about well? So my X factor with the Patriots is Belichick, and I think defensively he schemes up well for the playoffs because. He's already played the Bills twice. I don't think the Bills outscheme Belichick in the playoffs. If I was if I was any AFC team in the playoffs, I'd be rooting to get the Patriots. Really? Yeah, that's what I'm Absolutely. Doing. I agree. Okay. I, I mean, agree. if you sh- but okay, so say but then you find yourself in a dogfight. I'm being realistic here. You, you yeah, find yourself in a dogfight because you can shut down the Patriots offense, right? But then what do you do against their defense? Because, again, that's that's my concern. I feel like the Patriots' defense will carry them for at least one win in the playoffs, and then maybe they get the brakes beat off of them. But if you're assuming you're going to shut down their offense, then you don't have to do that much against their defense. I mean, it's yeah. you can't do that with any other team in the playoffs. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to even worry about them scoring that much. Mm-hmm. So I would love to play the Patriots. Like, that, okay. out of all the AFC teams, that's who I'd want to play. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So on the NFC side, we already know Green Bay's. Sorry, James, just, just just to re just to, to, to reaffirm there what, what Jordan's saying. I think even a team like the Bengals, who I don't think will go far in the playoffs, but they're no. still a team that can put thirty or forty points on you. And I just don't think True. the Patriots have that level of of uh, of offense to uh, 
Just so in a possible Bengals Patriots first round matchup, you you're obviously picking the Bengals, but oh god, yes. Are you picking them to blow out the Patriots, or again, do you think it's going to be a dog fight? Uh, I don't know what it is about you Philly guys and dog fighting, but uh, <laughs> shut the, up. You know what I mean. The, I, I would, I would. Uh, I, I mean, who? It won't be a. I mean, blowouts are hard to come by in the playoffs, you know, because you're playing, you know, good teams. But uh, I, I would, I would take the Bengals all day long against. I would take any of the AFC teams uh, in a playoff matchup against the Patriots home any or of away. Them. Okay, home or away. All right, all right. Now let's flip to the NFC. Honestly, now you all really believe the Rams are going to hold them to the two seed are because you, I think are the you 49ers we've been dishonest them. so far to this point. Huh? Are you saying we've been <laughs> dishonest to the, uh, so no. far? No, <laughs> I'm just saying. Do you all believe the Rams win a division? Because that, that's where I want to start. Because that impacts everything no. else that's going to happen as far as the NFC goes. I mean, I picked the 49ers earlier today, so yeah, I don't say no. Okay, so we assume the Rams are going to be the five, matching up with Dallas in the first round. Tampa Bay is going to be two, Arizona's three. Um, so that begs the question, am I the only one picking my Eagles to at least give the Buccaneers a fight? <laughs> or are they going to beat our brains in like they did earlier this week? It seems this like a pretty bad matchup for your run first team to go against the best run defense. Don't need well, it, and, and that's the problem. That best run defense is kind of like... I think it's an illusion because teams don't run against them. But they don't run um, against them because they know they're such a good run defense. I think they don't run against them because they think they got to keep up points wise. I, I'm kind of I'm kind of feeling that the, the the Eagles are a team I'd want to avoid in the playoffs early on. the Eagles are a team that can that could actually just pop a win or two there because they're they're. Uh, they're maybe a little bit underrated, but I think I think generally they're a pretty solid, solid uh, as we spoke about earlier, James. Uh, and look, I, Neil, I agree with you, but here's my fear. Um, and you saw it in the first half in our our two teams playing this past Sunday. Philly came out and threw early in that game against Washington and immediately found themselves down 10 nothing. like the first time we played. And there was no commitment to the run until the second quarter. If we do that against the Buccaneers, the score could easily be twenty-one nothing, and it's practically over at that point. Well, but having said that, we threw we threw the running game at you, we threw the passing game at you, we threw parts of the stadium at you, and, and <laughs> we, we still we still couldn't win. James, I think you'd rather play the Rams than the Bucks. Like that's a much better matchup for you. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I, uh, I don't know if we have the secondary to contain the Rams' wide receivers. But you get, could get the Bucks receiver. Well, I guess the Bucks receivers are. Well, I mean, the Bucks receivers James, are hurt. James, There's not much to contain there outside of Mike right Evans. <laughs> James, everybody's hurt in Tampa Bay. So, <laughs> I mean, we were the Eagles get Stafford his first playoff win. Wouldn't that make you happy? Uh, no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> if Stafford get his first playoff win, it's going to be in Dallas. All right, no more Stafford chat from you. Okay, move on. <laughs> But enough of that already in this bloody podcast. All right, final thoughts on week 18 before we get out of here. Neil. Thank God it's over. <laughs> Jordan. Hey, I just want the one seed. That's all I want right now. <laughs> Kevin, who finally just showed up. I had prior obligations that I successfully fulfilled. Thank you how's very your, much. How's your mother, Kevin? 
Oh, she's lovely. We had a wonderful dinner. Beautiful steak dinner. Awesome. Anyways, I'm uh, I will be I'll be thrilled for this season to be over because the Cowboys are a disgrace, and I can't wait for 2022. Hopefully, Dak can get his head out of his buttocks. <laughs> wow. You know, part of that is coaching, right? Yeah, it's true. I hope Kellen Moore takes the Jaguars job. We get a new offensive coordinator. The guy's trash also. Whoa, whoa. Wow. We haven't even started with coaching hires yet. We'll do that next week. I mean, oh. last, last year the sun was shining out. Last year the sun was shining out of uh, out of uh, Kellen Moore's buttocks. Uh, not this year. No, not since October. No. You're you're oh. a fickle fan base, so you are. We we know We're this, fan base. We know this. Look, uh, I, I will say, I just hope all the teams with injuries, non-COVID related, get healthy enough. I want to see good playoff games. I don't want to see anything impacted by COVID, but unfortunately, we know what happened. Um, for that, we will wind down and end this now for Neil, for Jordan, for Kevin. I am James. <laughs> We're signing off. <laughs> Happy 2022, everybody. Mm trying to do the challenge of finding the mysterious pod is there somebody else here now oh geez oh. nice dude let's go <laughs> get out of my face i'm running out of breath and also out of energy i'm gonna see you later bye